This week, we talk about the keto diet. Do obese people spread more COVID? Also, we'll take the mystery out of electrolytes, and we'll play a little game of Can You Guess My Official Body Fat Percentage? Let's get into it. Welcome to the Fit and Furious podcast. I'm Josh, and that's Dewey. And this week is so chock full of goodness, we should charge double. Done. <laughs> right. Have somebody on the computer thing rain man that up. and Yeah, whatever you're paying, guys out there. It just got doubled. It just, we just doubled it because this episode is so chock full of goodness. But it's value add. That's right. Yeah, we're going to talk about the keto diet. Even got Gary Tobbs' new book, The Case for Keto, here. We're going to talk about, I read this book. Awesome stuff. But before we get into that, I wanted to talk about this article I saw. Actually, this is from last year, but, you know, we talk about uh, what types of, in, in keto, we're going to be talking about fat a lot, right? For sure. And what kind of fats you should be cooking with dietary and consuming. Fat. Dietary fat. And one of the big debates and one of the things when fat, when and dietary animal fats were demonized throughout the years. Um, what replaced them? All these seed oils, right? Mm -hmm. Well, there's a study about how uh, America's most widely, I'm reading this title of this for those that are listening, America's most widely consumed oil causes genetic changes in the brain. So it's talking about soybean oil and basically saying that it is linked to autism, Alzheimer's disease, anxiety, and depression. Um, so that's some depressed mice there. This is a, a mouse study, but they're basically saying that uh, the consumption of I just of picture them having mice on a little couch, <laughs> and they're asking them about their dad. And I, just, <laughs> I just don't feel like going after the cheese anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they know they're depressed. And the scary thing about the these all these seed oils, really, but especially this one, I mean, it's used, it's most widely consumed of, of these seed oils, the soybean oil. It's kind of it's always kind of weird talking about this stuff too because being in the upper Midwest, I mean, a lot of farmers make their living farming these things too, and you never want to you but know. There's screw still up. plenty of other uses. Yeah, I mean, this, you wish they would just turn you know their stuff into regenerative pastures for cows, right? Um, and you don't want somebody to lose their livelihood, obviously. But uh, if this stuff is so bad for you, people need to know. Um, so I'll put this article in the uh, in the show notes here and. Yeah, I'd like to dig into it later. Yeah, it's uh, since you since you dropped that on me, mm -hmm. I didn't get to preview this beforehand. Yes. But yeah, I think Sean Baker posted it, and he was he said and he jokingly said, "Well, at least it's vegan." <laughs> yeah, they may have Alzheimer's, dude. He's anxiety been and depression and autism, but at least they're vegan, so right. that's good. At least they have their. Moral, <laughs> yeah, he's been going off. At least lately. their moral compass. Oh, he's been savage. Mm -hmm. He's been so mean. <laughs> he's turning well, into the. Carnivore he, internet bully. He gets attacked daily. Oh, he does. And that's they, the problem. They come at him. Yeah, all the vegans come after him big time because he's the meat guy. So uh, he's the main target. So he gets a lot of crap. And he likes it. Yeah. He, well, yeah, he's he's not afraid. I'll say that. God forbid if they meet him in person. <laughs> exactly. Snap him right My in half. My money's on him. Another thing that he uh, pointed out, uh, so, you know, seed oils. So, again, seed oils, horribly bad for you. Another thing that was pointed out this week that I saw was obese people spread COVID more easily. 
Now, this is hmm. controversial. This is, you know, potentially verging on bullying and mean also because basically you're saying, you know, the whole thing about COVID and the mask wearing and all that is, you know, well, you're going you're gonna to kill my grandma with your behavior and you're not mask wearing. So now do we get to say to people that are obese, well, you're more likely to spread this than somebody who's thin. So what about that responsibility? Again, I haven't dug into this. This is the first time I've seen it too. Yeah. So the first thing that pops into my head is the greatest thing that came out of the last six months was me learning that there's a sect of people in society, in the American society, who actually believed, like believed, believed that John F. K, John, John, JFK Jr. was alive and he was going to come back and be Donald Trump's running mate. Right. People believe that. They do. Like grown-ups. Like grown-ups yep. that walk among us. So that one thing has taught me that even <laughs> seeing a study like this, yeah. I got to read some more. Yep. Exactly. And, well, this is a, you know, this is an actual study. Sure, but what kind of study? And people... I mean, with- it, 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 it matters. It does. Um, people, and just to summarize what it's saying here, people with higher BMI are more likely to spread COVID, says study. And this is on MSN too. So because Why? Because they're more, more likely to have it? Why are they more likely to – do they sneeze further? I don't get it. What's, what's the rationale? Because the – the more fit you are and the less, you know, that translates directly to your obesity level, the less likely you are to be, to take it in, have a viral load. So less likely they are to have it. So if you don't have it, you can't spread it. Exactly. Okay. But if you sprayed some COVID on two people, one was fat, one was skinny, the skinny person is less likely to take it in and have serious complications and have a higher viral load and therefore not transmitted as easily. So they have a higher... Immune, a more robust immune system. Exactly. So bottom line, if you're obese, you're one of the reasons that it's spreading is the claim of this. So, you know, that flips you're the gonna whole... Get, you're going to get a shit ton of hate mail. <laughs> well, it flips the whole... If you, so if you're So if you're yelling at th- thin people who are way, well, way less likely to have adverse effects for not wearing their masks or whatever, and, you know, should we have been yelling at all the obese people? I'm just bringing it up. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. So, you know, again, and really I'm bringing it up because what I want to say is another reason to not be obese. Hey, like <laughs> right? as if you needed one. Yeah. But, you know, if COVID, because believe me, COVID's not gone, COVID's not going away. It's just going to, it's ne- it's just going to keep replicating and doing its thing. So it's probably here to stay. So, and any so other. So get stronger. Yeah, exactly. Get and, stronger. And any other infectious respiratory virus wouldn't you much rather have the immune system and the body that can withstand that onslaught rather than feel like you're always vulnerable and, I, oh, I need to hide in my basement to protect myself from this? Sure. I'd much the, rather be equipped to deal with it. But the, the triage doesn't include that type of program. That's going to take time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that, the sad part is people – and this is true not just for COVID but for everything – they're always looking for the quick fix or the medicine. You know, it's always, oh, get the vaccine. What about change your metabolic health? For, that should be the priority number one, not just everybody get the vaccine. And then no, go back priority to number your- one should be get the vaccine and I'll say, oh, shit, now I got to get my shit together because that's going to take 18 to 24 months. Right. But I can get saying, the shot today. Yeah. Well, all right. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. 
But if you didn't, if you had from metabolically healthy, you might, might not even need the shot. Well, at least it'd be your option that it wouldn't be like, oh shit, I better get this or I'm going to die. Well, sure, but hindsight's always perfect. <laughs> what do we do now? Right. What do we do now? What are the what is the if if I you're sitting next to you and I was the obese person and you told me that I would say, well, fuck it, too late now. <laughs> I'm already fat, but what do we do now? So give me the shot, and what's my exercise program? I guess I'm I'm saying it poorly, but what I'm saying is they're not making that even. That's not even part of the conversation. They're saying take the shot and go back to your crappy. That's a great point, but it's starting to be. Think so? Oh, even in mainstream media, I'm starting to see stats, and they're starting to talk about it more that healthy people are. um, More likely to have less complications. Yeah, and when you see studies like this. I mean, it's just another, you know, point saying don't don't be obese if there's so many negative effects from it. But then if you really strip it away and, and when I just said mm-hmm. if you're healthy and fit, you're less likely to get to suffer from complications yep. of COVID. Right. That's not really that hard hitting. So basically <laughs> I all I said was healthy people don't get as sick. Mm-hmm. No shit, Sherlock. Right. But people compartmentalize so much and they just think, right. well, I get the vaccine. I can go back to eating at my McDonald's every day. Don't have to fix my life. Well, what about the next thing that comes around? What about all the other things you're susceptible to? Uh, you know, you should want to fix it. And this should really be part of the conversation. It should be a big part of the conversation. I don't know why I thought of this, but <laughs> uh, forget it. I'm not, <laughs> not going to say it. It just reminds me of the episode, right or wrong, it reminds me of the episode on The Office when Dwight and uh, Jim were in a crowd and they're walking forward and they're going trying to get in somewhere, like a convention or something, uh-huh. and it's just, they're just crammed in there and Dwight goes, ugh, so many people on this planet. What we need is a good virus. <laughs> <laughs> always, always the, with the subtle, the subtlety there. Right. Dwight. White was uh, good stuff. Foreseer of the future, <laughs> exactly. All right, so that's an interesting uh, article. So you know, really a th- kind of a thought experiment, and makes you really uh, think about what's going on and what's important. So focus on. And the thing is, if you change your obesity level and your health level, you're really immunizing. And I'm doing air quotes here against so many things that that should be your main goal is to get metabolically healthy. Um, and again, so if you are walking around obese, you don't get to say that it's healthy. You don't get to say it's okay. And this is just another, another, uh, reason why I'm getting super soft in my old age. Cause I feel really bad about joking about COVID. So yeah. Um, and we're, that, we're not joking about it. No, we're, no, 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 we're being no. serious it's, about it. it. COVID is tragic mm-hmm. and a deadly, deadly virus, but there is ways to protect yourself that are natural. Yep. Besides waiting for a for a vaccine. And I lump it in with all the other tragic, you know, the tragic increase in diabetes Health, and everything. Heart disease. Yeah, everything that we see. Every virtually anything that's preventable is tragic. Every and right? and every chronic disease virtually almost there's always an outlier that somebody throws right back in your face. Yep. Virtually every chronic disease is preventable. And it's and it's um, mostly through your lifestyle, right? It's heart disease is, I heard a doctor say this one time and it was in a documentary and I can't remember who it was, but he said, heart disease is a paper 
toothless paper tiger that need not exist. Right. Yeah. It just doesn't even need to be a thing. Exactly. If you just threw diet and exercise. That's a good way of saying it. All right. So <clears throat> enough of that controversial stuff. Let's get into our our definition of the week. And I wanted to define the term electrolytes. Okay. Oh, sure. Now, this is one of those things where when I was getting into this whole nutrition thing, I would hear that and go, I uh, don't know what that is. Don't know why I need that, but it sounds important. I drink Gatorade. Gator, it says it in the Gatorade commercial. Exactly. Replenish so. electrolytes. Right. And then dump it over your head. <laughs> yeah. So Andy Reid, you know, gets a lot of electrolytes because he gets Gatorade coolers dumped on him constantly. Once. Once. Well, that's Once. true, I guess. Bill Belichick had more. Yeah. <laughs> He's gay. If electrolytes are good for your hair, he should be have a lot better mop up there. Right. All right, so here's uh, the definition of electrolytes. Okay, so I'm on, let's see, what are electrolytes? Electrolyte is the umbrella term for particles that carry a positive or negative electric charge. In nutrition, the term refers to essential minerals found in your blood, sweat, and urine. Okay, so I'll put that uh, article in the show notes, and then we got the old Webster's definition here. Electrolytes are... I. Th I you can go down that rabbit hole mm -hmm. and, and really go into those other ones, but magnesium, potassium, and sodium. Okay. Those are the three you want to worry about. Yep, and that, it's funny that you brought that up because I have a picture here. Now, this is a, like a, what do you call these? Picture? <laughs> They call they have an uh, like infographic, right? Oh, okay. I didn't know what you're trying to be all. Nerd. That's the special term for it. <laughs> Jason Fong, who's a kind of a fast, oh, look at there. fasting guru. Sodium, magnesium. That was a good test of the, of the Dewey there, <laughs> right. Professor Dewey, and you're right. going to dress like Professor Keto over I'm here a today. Dirty today, yeah. Um, so he had. I thought this this graphic really summed it up. Yeah, the electrolytes: sodium, magnesium, potassium. He has them listed here, and he gives the symptoms. If you're low in each of these, what can occur? And then the amounts required on a low-carb, high-fat keto slash keto diet. So, and he talks about why they're necessary and how much to get every day. So, um, I'll explain it in everyday Joe terms. Yeah, you you let me know what you think. So the reason, as, as it as on the last website or slide or whatever he had picture. Mm -hmm. it, it talked about um, the what an electrolyte is, and it's and it's dissolved in water. So, anyways, long story short, um, when you deplete your body of glucose, glycogen stores, when your glycogen glycogen I got fat tongue today <laughs> is are completely depleted. You lose a lot of water. When people say, well, it's keto diet, I lost eight pounds in six hours. Right. Well, it's, it's all water weight. Yeah. It is because a one gram of carbohydrate needs four to five grams of water mm. to hold on to that carbohydrate. So when you flush your body of that, you're flushing, you're literally getting rid of water. And along with that water, you're getting rid of those Some of these minerals go away yep. as well. Absolutely. So okay. you have to replace them. Right. And especially... And the reason he's mentioning this is because his focus is fasting. 
So he, he wrote The Obesity Code, which is a great book on fasting and all the benefits. Um, so his whole thing is intermittent fasting or time-restricted feeding or even longer fasts. So that's when this stuff is really important because if you're doing a fast, you might start to feel some of these side effects, which are you know headache, fatigue, nausea, dizziness, brain fog, muscle cramps, all that kind of stuff. And if you're taking electrolytes, that's one of the ways to stave off some of these negative side effects. So that's kind of how electrolytes are used um, and what their their definition is. This is sidebar rabbit Mm -hmm. hole, but I'm going to bring it up because it it just came to me. And um, my wife, Mel, is working on her certificate in nutritional psychology. So mental health side of everything we're talking about in the – Especially the premise that food is an addiction. Mm. So, I need there's to make a, a session, dude. There's a shit ton of people on the internet that actually get make millions of dollars telling people how to eat who don't believe that food is an addiction. Wow. They're like, that's fake. It's false. It's a bad habit. It's self control. So, just a she, lack of willpower. Yeah, exactly. Um, and she sent me this. She circled it and sent me a screenshot, and, and I'll just read it. It says. The big food corporations go to great lengths to maintain the belief that our disordered eating is on us through our lack of self-control. They're pre- they're programming us to think that well, you can't. You're the one that can't push away. Right. We're not spending billions of dollars researching and making hyperpalatable food in a laboratory, so you are addicted. <laughs> There's no, that's not happening. Oh, no. You just don't have any self-control or willpower. Yeah. This. And that's and the this, only reason these I, cigarettes aren't aren't addictive, <laughs> right? Right. It's just a leaf. What else is in there? <laughs> right. But the reason I brought that up is because um, Dr. Jason Fung mm-hmm. is continuously tarred and feathered. Oh yeah, unjustly. But just he because is because the whole written, fasting is dangerous. Fasting, kind of thing, keto, yeah. um, yep. the low carb, um, you know, putting type two diabetes in remission. Which is all true, but he just gets tarred and feathered. He yeah. is so ridiculed, and he's a brilliant doctor. Yeah, and it's just these nutrition people who have the one guy went on there, and he is he rips, he constantly rips Jason Fung, Doctor Jason Fung, mm-hmm. and he all of a sudden, a, like a month later, he comes out on his podcast or his YouTube channel, and he's drinking Monster. And it comes to find out he's sponsored by them. <laughs> right. Wow. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who's the sellout? Yeah, right. Like how can any doc- Who's the kook in that scenario? How can any nutritionist of any kind endorse any type of energy drink or anything like but that? Brought to you, this is my nutrition podcast brought to you by McDonald's. Right, exactly. I'm not, in, I'm not in bed with anybody. So now we're going to talk about the keto diet. And I'm holding up this book, The Case for Keto by Gary Taubes, who was the first guy that I ever discovered in the nutrition space that really resonated with me. Whatever. He's just a journalist. <laughs> he, oh, man. You know. This guy's smart. And he's in all the low-carb um, documentaries. He's on all the podcasts. You know what? I the, the greatest ever just epitomizes everything that's sucky about the internet <laughs> was – he came out with a YouTube video and like an idiot, I used to do this, I don't do it anymore, but like an idiot, I was watching the, or I was reading the comments. Oh, yeah, yeah. And some girl on there completely discredited him, just discredited him 
for everything that he's ever done <laughs> because he hooked up with her. <laughs> and he was married at the time. Oh, shit. So that means he knows nothing. Right. All his books are trash. Everything that he knows, <laughs> throw it out the window. Yeah, what does it have to do with anything? It doesn't. That's hilarious. It, it's just, that's why the internet sucks. <laughs> right. Yeah, you got to be very careful watching YouTube videos. <laughs> All right, so let's get into keto. So I want to bring up definition of ketogenic diet, a diet that supplies large amounts of fats, moderate amounts of proteins, and minimal amounts of carbohydrates that is undertaken for weight loss or to control seizures and treatment-resistant epilepsy. So that's kind of the the Webster's literal off Merriam-Webster.com here yep. definition of ketogenic so, diet. And what where I like you to people have been listening, they know that that I like to do a keto kickstart. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm actually researching. I'm going to probably introduce this summer a, a vegan kickstart because mm -hmm. I'm fair and balanced. And <laughs> I, I I do this because the first sentence in that definition, well, wait, the whole definition is one sentence. <laughs> but I'm saying that as I'm frantically looking for a period. Um, <laughs> Just say the part you like. <laughs> the amount of fat, moderate amounts of protein, and minimal amounts of carbohydrates is so subjective. People are like, well, yes. how many is that? I, I go, it could be 10 grams. Right. It could be... 500 grams. I, there's no way of knowing until we just dig in. And it's all dependent on how much body fat you have. Right. Your activity level. The activity level is huge. Insulin resistance, Prof all these all these unique things. There's professional cycles, cyclists who are eating 500 to 600 grams of carbohydrate a day. Right. And they're in ketosis. <laughs> or yeah. they're, let me, let me, they're producing ketones. Yeah, exactly. So let's, one thing I wanted to talk about was the, People get confused between ketosis and what do they call it? Diabetic Acido. ketoacidosis. ketoacidosis. Yeah. And that's one of the, when keto first started to become kind of a trend, people would would bring that up. Oh, that's, that's dangerous because of this. You know why they're all scared of it? Because that's what um, Private Santiago died from and a few good men. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you got to distinguish because one is a starvation. That's the diabetic ketoacidosis and the other one is a state of nutritional ketosis where the bodies or ketone body I'm reading again where ketone bodies formed by the metabolism of fatty acids replace glucose as the primary energy source so that's one thing we got to talk about okay so and not to define another term here but when people talk about macros that uh they're basically saying that there's three Macros, and that means there's, three materials that there's secretly four. Okay, well, we'll just sometimes stick, five. Don't get, don't get all cray cray on me now. Alcohol and fiber. So protein, fat, and carbohydrates. Yep. That's the three big ones. Yep. And the keto diet contends that carbohydrates are not essential, and protein should be in moderate amounts, and fat is the one that's prioritized, mm -hmm. right? And basically what you're trying to do is get your body switched over from getting used to running on carbohydrates, which your body has to constantly replenish and produce more of. And that's why you're always hungry when you're eating carbohydrates versus running on fat, which your body has a lot of, especially if you're overweight, 
and can use that as a fuel source in addition to what you're putting in your mouth. And your body doesn't know how to do that. So, so you, you have, have to train. To force it. And that's what's called being fat adapted. Correct. And you do that by pretty much eating and consuming a lot of fat and reducing the carbohydrates, and therefore it trains your body to start to use those because it has to look for a fuel source. And the, besides that definition mm-hmm. of the ketogenic diet, what's another way that you could produce ketones without without participating or being on that diet? Uh, over Like overtraining? You wrote it down somewhere. <laughs> Starvation. Oh, yeah, right. Fasting. Oh, okay, fasting. So yep. you know what a ketogenic diet is. Right. It's a fasting mimicking diet. Okay. That's what it is. That's what we're trying to do. So basically you're telling your body there's not any fuel coming in. You need to look for it where you have it stored. Right. And that is in your body fat stores. And when the body is trained to burn that, then it'll look to that as a fuel source. Versus, versus yeah, yeah versus partition. It's the back to, I almost said season one. <laughs> back to episode one when um, we talked about oxidative priority. And the, your body is going to- That suit, means what it's going to try to burn first. It partitions off and prioritizes the, those macros as they come in the body. Remember, alcohol is number one. Right. Um, and then when you say stuff like, what do you say, oxidative priority? Oxidative priority. Uh, this is what I think. Can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? <laughs> Love Homer. <laughs> um, yeah, we're getting getting kind of sciencey here, but so well, yeah. So that's see, that's the thing. We're going to look for your first. body's going to make pri- uh, make those macronutrients to use them as fuel. They're gonna, it's going to prioritize them and. It's always going to put alcohol, carbohydrates, then fat. So if you deplete you glycogen stores of, those. of the glycogen, then it's going to use fat, and now you're going to teach it to use fat. Mm. So now you become, what's the buzzword? Fat adapted. Nope. No. Metabolically flexible or metabolic flexibility. Now that means your body has the option that to means, use That means you have a, I have a four, I have an F-150 flex fuel. That means I can use E85 or I can use just ready 87 octane. Okay. So I can do biofuel or that. It's flexible. It's a flex fuel engine. We need to become flex fuel engines and we be able to power right. ourselves with E85 or just regular 87 octane. And the, <clears throat> one of the main advantages, like let's talk about weight loss for a minute. So one of the main advantages of that is because when you're burning that fat, then it's looking to the fat stores on your body as a fuel source. That's like, hey, here we go. It's not going, where's the sugar? Yeah, where's the, where's the glucose? Those, those hunger cravings saying, yep. put, put more donuts in. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got plenty here. Plenty here. It's usually, if it's a male, it's usually looking, around the belly. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> you <laughs> bastard. I wasn't going to look down. Because <laughs> you have a midriff. I feel assaulted. <laughs> <laughs> I feel assaulted. Uh, yeah, so you want it to look for, like as the two keto dudes say in their podcast all the time, that, that Krispy Kreme you ate five years ago, it's going to burn burn that off instead of looking for another one to put in your mouth. It's right. Like, when it got the fat stores on your body, it's going to use that. But you have to, you have to, you have to like rub the sticks together and, <laughs> and get that fire smoldering <laughs> and going first. And you do that by not having that secondary fuel source. the carbs. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So- Let's talk about ketones for a minute, because that's the one thing that uh, is another one of these terms that when you hear this stuff, you don't know what it is. Okay, so basically, 
ketone bodies are formed by the metabolism of fatty acids. So, so that's fatty acids enter the liver mm-hmm. and they come out as ketones and they get sent throughout the body and into the cells um, and the mitochondria and into the brain. Mm. The brain likes fat. Brain likes ketones, right? Brain likes ketones. Brain, there's some pretty compelling evidence that the brain prefers glucose, though. Mm. Um, now I'm just confused, goddammit. It's, it's okay. It's okay. But it likes ketones, right. but it prefers glucose. So <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> but fret not. Because of gluconeogenesis and the protein you're eating, your body makes that maple syrup, remember? Right. It makes what it needs. Yes. Exactly. So don't think you need to eat that donut just because, oh, Dewey said, oh, I, got brain, a, I got a math test later. <laughs> yeah. My brain needs glucose. I better eat these no, donuts. No, your body will make every bit that your brain needs. Right. Um, so ketones, let's talk about that because that's one thing people kind of get obsessed with when they start doing this keto diet. Now, when you're doing your, your keto kickstarts and things, do people... Do the strips, do they get ketone breath meters? Are they are you focused on that? Strips. Do you teach that? Yeah. We now do ta- strips. Talk about that a little, because you is it just a way to indicate that you have achieved nutritional ketosis? For me, with with a with a keto kickstart group that is usually has a bunch of green people who don't know anything about keto. Um, typically what that is is validation. Right. It's proof. It's proof that you're doing the right things and it's working. So when you say they start seeing that pea strip change in color, oh, they're just geeked. It's just the greatest <laughs> thing ever. Right? Thank God. Look what I'm doing. I'm I'm doing it. Who cares what the scales? They're peeing or... on the strip and they're like, <laughs> absolutely, it, right? yep. absolutely. So when they get to that point, it just lets me know, and more importantly, them know that. Well, it's kind of twofold, and I'm giving away my secret because sure. all they're all going to. You know they're all listening. So I'm going to give away my secret, and that is I know they're not cheating. Right. <laughs> if, if they're pissing hot, as they call it, on the ketone strip, they're doing the, all the right things. Right. If it's nothing or no trace, something's missed. So we're missing something. And it's kind of like a scale. Like it's not something you want to get obsessed with. And oh, then- it's just a tool. Just a tool, and you don't want to measure necessarily every day because, like you said, once you enter that state, you might not always be in ketosis, even if you're doing a low-carb diet all the time, especially once you're pretty far down the road. Exactly, yeah. Like Sean yeah. Baker, who is, eats only, literally only meat, he's only in ketosis about half the time, he theorizes. Because he eats so much protein. Yeah, based on, what it, on his yeah. testing. So <clears throat> it's not something you need to, you know, like you said, pee hot yeah. or whatever. No. Not something that's no. required. It's just no. A, Exactly, and it's just a no. A, a, it's just peace of mind. It helps you know it, it. It's validation that you're on the right path. You're doing the right things. Your macro ratios are where they need to be. So let's talk about that a little bit. So back to the macros. So the keto diet is emphasis on the fat, moderate protein, almost no carbs or very low carbs. Very low so carb, depending on the person. Depending it's on the so person. So subjective. Yep. But for your average Joe Cubicle, because we're talking, we're not talking about marathon runners or whatever. For your average person that's basically doing keto because they want to be healthier, they want to drop some weight. Um, for most of those people, it's going to be beneficial to probably just eliminate carbs and keep them as low as possible. It's impossible, right? but yes, you you want to get them around. Blanket statement here. But. Yep, exactly. Yeah, you want to keep them. You know, you probably want to keep them around under ten, right around five percent. Ten grams a day is percent. what we're talking about, right? Oh, percent. Okay. Percent. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. So let's talk about the 
because when people hear fat high, focus on the fat. How do you get that in your in your diet? Because that's that's the hard part. That's why it's tricky, right? Why, because when you're just saying, because people when people are talking about you know the old school way of dieting, fat was demonized. Remember, fat makes you fat. So you know the typical. Right. If you're talking about a swimsuit model, I want to get in swimsuit model shape. What are they eating? Chicken, Low lean chicken cookies. breasts. <laughs> yeah, snack wells. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> low fat chicken breasts, broccoli. You know, and whatever you know, things like that. There was always the emphasis on low fat. So if you're not flipping that, make it pretty lean. But sorry, go on. Right, <laughs> but if keto says prioritize the fat, what types of foods are you instructing people to eat where they can get that fatty? <laughs> is that not what you're looking for? I want give me some give me some specifics. Some actual examples. Avocados are phenomenal. Okay. Uh, red meat, eggs, especially like ribeyes, right? Because it's very marbled. Yep. Yep. High fat content. Um, but then there's a difference. We want to we, we're 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 strong advocates for clean keto. Um, so we want to eat plenty of greens. So you're not talking like uh, stay away from the pepperoni, like the processed meats. Yes, you're saying like even some, yeah, some good ribeyes. Eat good steaks. Eat flesh, not processed meat. Um, eggs, salmon, avocados, healthy oils, coconut oils. Coconut Cook with oil, them. That's eat a good with one, them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that's okay. That's one thing we should make a distinction on because we we're talking about the seed oils earlier. People might get confused on this, and I definitely was. You know, all these oils sound the same to me. So we're making a distinction between the seed oils, which is like the soybean, sunflower, all those things, mm-hmm. and the good fat oils, which are coconut oil, palm oil. That's one, right? Yep. And now, where does olive oil fall on this? Olive oil is good. Olive oil is good. Okay. Yep. So olive oil, coconut oil, palm oil, good. Soybean oil, all the ones that McDonald's uses in their fryers, bad. Correct. <laughs> Vegetable oils, Ugh. yeah, canola, that kind of crap. Get rid of that. So, but but I'm telling you, this is a, a tricky part. It's not just for women, but mostly for women. Um, they've been they're they've been beat over the head for years of the the uh, from the diet culture. Low fat, low not fat. just yeah, not just how yeah. they're supposed to look in a bathing suit or look in general, but what they're supposed to eat. And they're so afraid of fat. Oh yeah, they're just terrified, dude. I can't even explain it. Anybody that's our like cold sweat scared. Oh yeah, anybody that's our age, that's all they've heard. You yep. know, maybe if you're like twenty, you, you if you know keto became popular maybe like ten years ago. I first started to hear about it. Maybe those people like under twenty might have a more proper mindset. But anybody over that age, all you've heard your entire life is fat is bad. Right. You got to avoid it. So Fat makes you fat. Right, exactly. So usually where I calm them down, I give them a little bit of peace of mind and, and get them to relax is when I talk about carbs and fat just being fuel sources. So they're like, eating all this fat can't be good for me. I'm going to get so fat and my cholesterol and all that. And I'm like, Especially no, you're because you're, bacon not, and eggs. you're not eating carbohydrates. Right. And you're telling them to eat a ribeye and some eggs or something, you know, it right. seems like, oh, that's like a recipe for getting fat and getting heart disease. Yep. Right. And you're not eating a potato. Arteries. You're not eating a potato and, and the white bread biscuits that they bring out in the little basket. Uh-huh. Which are amazingly tasting. Of course they are. 
by sure, design. I'm sure meth is fun too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> by the way, speaking of that, I made that joke in a carnivore group. I made the meat meth joke. Yeah. And I got a lot of likes. Did you? People thought that was funny. Because somebody said I got because somebody was it was in a carnivore for beginners diet and they were talking about I have all this energy, I just want to clean the house. And I said, Yeah, I call that the meat the meat meth effect. <laughs> and everybody laughed. <laughs> that was a good one. I'm sure it was. <laughs> Anywho, all your I derailed from you. Canada that nobody knows. <laughs> I derailed you there. Sorry, I forgot what I was talking about now. Oh, oh fuel source, fuel source. Yeah, um, yeah. This whole nutrition thing is really, really, really simple. When you boil it down to, you need protein and amino acids to repair muscle and maintain muscle. After that, pick your fuel source. Right. So Fat almost, almost, or carbohydrate. almost everyone agrees protein is essential. Or you'll die. Right. And and the debate is over whether, you know, you want to include a lot of carbs or, or use fat as the main source of fuel. The keto diet says prioritize fat. But because it, we're trying to mimic starvation. Exactly. Or, or sorry, Nutritional fasting. ketosis, yeah. Yeah, we're trying to mimic the, the fasting mimicking diets. Yeah, but it, it does play with people's brains, though, because if you're telling somebody to eat a ribeye and some eggs – and you're going to lose weight. That seems incredulous. You know, it seems impossible. Seems counterintuitive, right? And it, and it is to everything that the food pyramid has taught us. Mm-hmm. It is counterintuitive, right? Because they would say eat a baked potato and some in a lean chicken breast, just small portions, and move more, and just exactly, just yep, push the plate away. Here's one thing that I'll say about the keto diet: is you can get full. You're not pushing the plate away after a tiny portion going, oh, that's all I can have. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can be very satiated. And I think that's the reason why people have – one of the reasons why people have so much success is because when I look at a, a nice keto meal, like when I had a steak and some asparagus or whatever, I'm not looking at that going, that sucks. Right. I'm going, hell yeah, that looks awesome. And you eat it and you're, you're not necessarily full, but you're satiated. You're satisfied. Yeah. And you're not craving more, which is what you're doing if you're eating, you know, a burger and fries or the, you know, the typical thing that contains a lot of carbs, mm-hmm. especially carbs and fat mixed together because that's super, super hyper palatable. It's like putting E85, even if you have a flex fuel, it's like putting E85 and regular gas in your gas tank. Can't be good. Oh, well, maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> maybe that was a shitty analogy. Yeah, I think <laughs> maybe it doesn't make a difference. I think that one, yeah, here's what I say to that analogy <laughs> no good. <laughs> But don't do it. I'm sure it'll clog your injector or something. <laughs> right. So, you know, you, you, you're not really depriving yourself. I mean, you are if you – and but let's be honest too. And you're, if you love bread, you love pasta, you love all that stuff, it is an adjustment and it is tough because you have to kick that addiction. What's, talk about when people are in your keto groups and they're, they're going from the standard American diet of eating bread, pasta, donuts, all that stuff, and to, you know – 10% or less carbs per day. How do they how do they fare doing that? 48 hours. That's it. And they're fine. They're fine. Yep. Wow. Bold. 48 Bold hours and they're just like I thought this was going to be way harder. So they can walk by the Girl Scout cookies after that. One gal I talked to, I did one on one with her yesterday afternoon and she said um, I've dieted before and I've always been hungry. But I thought I just had to push it down. You just, just got to tough white, it out. White knuckle it. White knuckle through and, and, and get to the end. Well, there is no end. 
But right. it, it's just how you live now. But she said, and normally my husband would come sit next to me with some bread or some cookies or some ice cream, and I'd be while I'm dieting, she'd go, "Oh my god, that looks so good!" Yeah, she'd just be she obsessing said, over it. It was two days into it, or no, through the weekend. Sorry, so almost a week into it, right? Five days, and her husband came down, and sat next to her, and had some cookies or something, and she goes, eh. "Wow, she meh. didn't even register." She went meh. Yeah, wow. didn't even register. That's crazy. So. Um, it really goes away. You never stop going, ooh, that looks good. No. But And we'd be lying if we said un- it completely Right, away. right. Yeah. That's bullshit. There is some some self-control, some discipline required. Right. But it makes it so much easier. Yep. Because it's not that, like, you're mouth-watering, literal. It's it's just like somebody coming, off, coming yeah. off of heroin or something. Right. They have that physical addiction. And yet once you break through that, they probably still have the, wow, it should be fun to do some heroin again. Right. You know, they have that little bit of the, sure. the fond memories. Right, right, right. <laughs> if they have any. <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, but yeah, it's no, not it's, a physical. I, I was being literal. Yep. When I say yep. my mouth is watering, it literally is. Yep. Um, but after a while, that, that goes away. All right, so let's talk about some of the benefits of being on the keto diet. Here's some that I've experienced and people have talked about. Mental clarity. Unbelievable. That is a huge, huge one that you don't even know what it's like until you experience it. it. You just think, this is the way I live. I'm just getting old. Yep. I'm not as sharp as I was until you experience some good mental clarity and a lifting of that fog. And I experience it when I do two things. When I go, when I become fat adapted, not just ketosis, yep. Completely fat adapted. And when I fast for 48 hours. Oh, yeah. Like that 46th hour, it's like I'm goodwill hunting, writing shit on the mirror. And yeah. It's, you're, <laughs> every, almost, you're almost levitating. It, it is. And yeah. everyone's like, oh, it's because you're starving to death and you're hallucinating. Shut up. You've no, never it, done anything like that. Do yeah, it first and then you can have an opinion. It's almost like a runner's high or something. It know? is. It's, it's an elevated mental state. And it's not delusional like you're drunk. No. You're just... You're sharp as a tack. You're firing, firing on all cylinders. Absolutely. Yeah. And and that's a real benefit. When, when people haven't experienced it and they're like, well, explain it. The best way I can explain it is it's like Neo waking up in the Matrix. Right. Yes. I was never really alive before this. And it's like <laughs> I yep. have this shitty connection in the back of my head and yep. things aren't as great as they look, but I'm alive and I'm awake and everything's clear. And then that's, oh, wait, that's ketosis. Yep. And then when you become fully fat adapted, then you're like when Neil's fighting Mr. Anderson. You see that the code. And he's it. like, yeah. and he's fighting him and he's just being bored. And he's just with one hand. Yep. And it's everything super Time slow. slows down the bullets. You can see the bullets coming. That's that 46th hour of fasting. <laughs> yes. All right. So that mental clarity, that's a huge one. Let's talk about uh, insulin. The insulin roller coaster, right? You know, when insulin sh- is like a gun and it shoots sugar. If you don't have any sugar, it's targeted sugar. Yeah, right. It's targeting so you, sugar. So, yep. so it because it needs to balance your blood sugar levels. So if it shoots, it's like an asteroid game. It's a reaction to what yeah, you're and it's in your getting body. rid of that, and it's balancing. What if it doesn't have anything to shoot at? Right. It's such goddamn common sense that people who yeah. argue it just pisses me off. Right. 
So it just instead like, of spiking and dropping all day on a, like a roller coaster, it's more of a steady it's like state. Eating those sugary, hyper palatable, processed carbs doesn't give you type two diabetes. Okay, sure, your genetics gave you diabetes, type two diabetes, but your lifestyle brought it out. And, and then they say, nope, it. nope, it's just, it's the food. The, the, the pancreas stopped doing its job. Mm. Okay. So then why, if the presence of sugar and carbohydrates does not give you type 2 diabetes, why does the absence of it cure it? Exactly. Just be, just common sense. Hang on. Truth bomb, maybe. Yeah. yeah this is a shit I think about when I'm by myself. <laughs> okay. So insulin levels, that's a huge one. For me, inflammation reduction. Now, this this is you know way over our head, sciencey type stuff. But just anecdotally, and I don't know if you've seen this in your um, clients or whatever you call them. Yeah, that one that had RA. Yeah, the arthritis. For me, I have no joint pain, no aches and pains. Um, I was talking about a couple of podcasts ago when I went to the doctor because I was so sure that I had allergies, severe allergies of some kind, oh, because yeah. I was always stuffed up. Yep. Always sniffling, always eyes watering. And he diagnosed me with sinitis, which is inflammation of the sinuses. He could not point to any specific allergen, even though he did the full battery of you know, all the tests, and he couldn't point to one. But guess what? When I cut out carbs, uh, th- that all that went away. Sure. And this is why they talk about Alzheimer's as type 3 diabetes, because it's mm-hmm. inflammation-related. Right. And, and inflammation I, I, in the body is your body's response and fighting something off. And if you can reduce that inflammation, many things are improved. Yep. And yep. that's one of the benefits that a lot of people talk about on the keto diet. Have you seen that? Besides like the... I experienced it with my knee. I had had a couple and dislocated my kneecap a couple of times. And and uh, yeah, it's as bad as it sounds. Right. Um <laughs> You don't know pain. Oh. Not even childbirth. <laughs> don't come at me, bro. With that, ladies. Yeah. Come at me. You guys are whistles compared to Here, I'm gonna put knee. your kneecap. Your kneecap's in the front of your leg right now. I'm going to put it behind it and let me know how it feels. But anyways, <laughs> um, so I have a little bit of arthritis I deal with down there. Yeah. And to the to the second, I can tell as soon as I eat carbs, it's like, well, weather's coming in. It starts flaring oh, up. Oh, yeah. it just starts right? bothering me. Yep. So think about that. That's just one indicator. Think about that in your brain. You know, if you get inflammation, I was just watching a video on YouTube about uh, CFS, if you heard of that, chronic fatigue syndrome. Oh, yep. There's a lot of research now they're talking about that is inflammation in the brain related. And, you know, they haven't been able to figure out a cure or even really a good treatment for CFS. People that have it are pretty much fucked. Right. Uh, Let's talk about diabetes, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, You mentioned you had somebody in your keto group that was – Offer meds or greatly reduce them or tell, tell um, was greatly again. reduced and then off. Uh, re- greatly reduced off of meds after three weeks and now off altogether. That's insane. I mean, if you were to tell somebody twenty years ago, you know, type two diabetes was just a it's, chronic. It's just your life now. It's your life now, and it's progressive. Live. It's chronic and progressive. You're only going to get worse. You're gonna, and you know what they do next? They start chopping shit off. Yeah, then there goes your foot. Right. And I, I forget who it was, but it was one of these doctors that finally had had enough and was fed up with it. He Because he 
every day he'd come to work, he was chopping more feet off. And I think it was a guy in Australia somewhere. I forget his name, but um, he would come to work. And when he first started like 30 years ago, he would barely chop any feet off. <laughs> but then as the years went by, he was chopping off like 20 feet a day. We just stopped moving more. <laughs> right. We just, just we got to eat. We, we stopped eating less more. and moving just more. Just push away from the table. Yeah. And finally he was like, it what is. the hell's going on here? I'm chopping feet off 20, 20 feet a day. Right. This is freaking crazy. And and he eventually led him to the low carb, you know, lifestyle. And now, but he got in trouble. I, I'm oh, probably butchering the story. It's, no, it's Timothy Noakes. Yeah. Did he lose his Professor, license? Nope. Right? They tried. They tried to because take he was away prescribing low carb yep. eating for people because he prefer South, that South, South Africa. Okay, yeah, because yep. he'd prefer they prescribing the that to chopping their foot off. Right, and they said, "No, no, that's not what the textbook says." So now we're going to take your license. Yep, and he won. Right, but barely. The fact that you have to fight that at all. Yeah, you know when you can't look at the results of what someone's doing with an open mind and saying, "Well, maybe we're wrong here." Because this guy was chopping 20 feet off a day, and now the people that he's prescribed this low-carb diet to are reversing this allegedly chronic uh, progressive disease, uh, and they were now in remission or you know not taking off their meds completely. Why would you not look at that as valuable information? Be- because they would have to admit that they had it wrong all along. And people, they'd rather be right than actually save people's lives or their feet. For sure. So they'd rather say, no, no, they'd have to go, guys, hey, hey, we got, we we had this wrong. We swung and missed. <laughs> yeah. We got to own it. Right. We just, we got to take our lumps. And they refuse. They just dig their toes in even more. This, And that that is, and I'll bring up this book here again, The Case for Keto. He goes, the whole first part of the book is all about how we got here. Mm-hmm. to demonizing fat. And he talks about all the origins of, you know, the Ansel Keys and oh, the, yeah. the Weston Price and, and all these competing. Yeah, exactly. And all these competing ideas. And basically the anti-fat people won. Oh, right. You know, absolutely. And, and how we got yep. there and how it got fully supported by the government. And that's been why, you know, we've been on this path for the last 40, 50 years. Uh, and it, all the markers of health have gotten worse. Yep. So. Great book. Um, I totally interrupted you. There. No, no, but, to, but to, to that point, because if you watch the Ansel Keys stuff and, mm-hmm. and, and how he did a bunch of studies on fat, and it's it's fascinating to learn he about. He basically cherry-picked. He Well, he cherry-picked, but what did I say? What do I always say? Pick your fuel. Right. They never removed the carbohydrates. Right. They never did. They increased fat. Right, but it wasn't at the expense. It wasn't of just that, right? So I don't know. I got a problem with all that stuff. Yep. But case for keto by Gary Tobbs, great explanation of all that, and he's super sciency and incredibly smart. So check that out. Let's talk about and a uh, philanderer, <laughs> according to some random YouTuber. Apparently, he's a a swarthy coxman. <laughs> he's a player. <laughs> um, let's talk about uh, energy your energy levels. And this kind of goes along with the insulin, right? Rather than being a roller coaster, your energy level is more static, more stable throughout the day. It's People stable. always talk about, oh, I'm awake up hungry, I eat breakfast, uh, I'm hungry again, then I eat lunch, then I crash about 2. 2, 2.30. After my coffee wears off, then I'm hungry again. And I got Snickers in my drawer. And you're just constantly on this roller coaster of hunger, 
hunger, full, <laughs> hunger, full. Your energy is up and insulin. down. Yep. Yep. And that's all because of insulin spikes. Yep. And when you're in nutritional ketosis. That's fake, by the way, to the RDs, that insulin spikes. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's just, that's what the pancreas is supposed to do. Right. It's just doing its job. Yeah. Yeah, on overtime. Well, let's look at how people feel in reality when they're in nutritional ketosis. Your energy level is pretty static, pretty stable throughout the day. And I would say an average uh, higher too. Right. You know, if you look at the waveform, I would say, you know, if you average out the the uh, insulin spiking waveform of your traditional diet, that's going to be averaged out to a lower level than the static energy level I've experienced. Again, this is anecdotal, but I've a lot of people experience the same thing. Mm-hmm. A higher energy level and more static. Would you agree? Yeah. It's just, it's stable. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a peaceful, calm, but awake. Right. And you don't want to feel the manicness of crazy high energy and then the depressive. I'm like that on my own. Right. I don't need help doing that. Right. Evident by all my squirreling. Right. And it's almost like, you know, you get, it's an anxiousness and anxiety when you're at that manic, in that manic state too, when you get mm-hmm. the, when the roller coaster of energy levels. Right. I'd much rather be at a calm, steady level with also higher though. So, you know, you're getting that higher energy without the manic attached yep. to it, which is interesting. Agreed. Huge benefit. Um, <clears throat> so let's talk about your where you get your information, like who some of your favorite follows are, uh, Twitter, podcasts, books. For me, um, for the nerdier side, um, it, it's Twitter. And yep. on Twitter, it's Dr. Peter Atia. Peter Atia, yes. Dr. Rhonda Patrick. Oh, yeah. And she that, was on Rogan talking about vitamin D, speaking of the COVID stuff. Vitamin D and parts of vitamin D. Vitamin D is a hormone. Yeah. Or it acts as a hormone. That's pretty interesting shit. Which for us up here in the upper Midwest, you know, you start going, do I need to move? Because, you know, they're talking about. vitamin D is so important. People give me shit all the time. But I take vitamin D in the morning and the evening, especially during the, just in the morning and the the summertime. Mm -hmm. But in the wintertime, I take it in the morning and the evening. And this is going to surprise some people. And they won't like it, but I don't care. But also in the wintertime, at least once a week, I go tanning. So you want to know why? Do you get the same benefits? Ultraviolet rays are fake. They're not sunshine, and then they're not the best for you. But it, the result is still vitamin D. Okay. So it's better 100%. than not getting it. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Plus, yeah. when you're laying in there, you just pretend you're on the boat and – feel good it feels uh, good yeah something yeah. mentally yeah too just brightens your day and like saladino talks of you know that's one of the reasons he's in austin texas right right and he's basically and i don't remember if it was him or someone else but there was another super pro vitamin d advocate basically saying you know if you're up in the upper portion of the country you know you're kind of screwing yourself you know He's, he's advocating for you. you need to move down south where, where you get that natural sunlight and you need to be outside soaking it in. And it's so important to, for health. I don't disagree. Yeah, I know. It's, but it's tough up here in freaking Minnesota, right? Until this weekend. Hey, People buddy. are going to be running around in their swimsuits, <laughs> 63 degrees. Exactly. I will. Oh, hell yeah. All right, so I got a couple uh, people I really like. Eric Westman, he's in the uh, in all the low-carb documentaries. Um, the Diet Doctor, 
podcast. That's a really good one. Two Diet Doctor is a great podcast if you can get past his voice. Yeah. He, it's a little squeaky. His voice is almost annoying as mine or even more. Oh, no. You got a smooth radio voice. My voice is annoying, <laughs> but his is off the charts <laughs> annoying. Yeah. He's, he is a little pipsqueak voice. Oh, it? it's just. Yeah. But a little squeaky voice gets to me. Super, super nice smart. guy, great guy, super smart. But he has a voice, and um, and it's audible. So <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah. So Gary Taubes, he's got another book too. Uh, and well, the first book ever by by Gary Taubes is Good Calories, Bad Calories. He's also got this one called The Case Against Sugar. Um, That's the, the first one I remember. Yeah. I mean, he's he's done his research on this shit. Here's a couple of ones I have too about. Uh, Food, so bacon and butter, the ultimate ketogenic diet cookbook. I mean, I had my kids put uh, little pieces of paper and all the things they thought looked good. Because I'm trying to get my kids on board with this stuff too, which is they're tough. gonna spit it out. <laughs> no, they we've got them trained. Like uh, last night, I made my son burgers, burger patties with cheese, and he was bitching about no bun. And I said, eh, "That's what we're doing. We don't have any buns in the house, right?" And he, if you don't buy it, they can't eat it. Exactly. How so do I get had, my kids to? To fight obesity in my house. That's right. the magic That's the magic here's bullet. A, here's another one called the Complete Guide to the High-Fat Diet, the Keto Diet. So lots of ideas in here in these books. I'll put links to those, Amazon links. Um, I yeah, said, let's talk about that. Like I said magic bullet for Mel's. Oh, yes. Because we argued about that last weekend. Because <laughs> she said, it's, a ma- it's not a magic bullet. And I'm like, no, nothing is. It's a right. magic pill or it's a silver bullet. It's a magic prescription. And then I had apologized to her later because I knew that during the um, Kennedy assassination, oh, they called that the magic, the magic bullet. bullet. Yeah. yeah. So that is a real term. It really is, but I wasn't going to tell her that because I was having so much fun kicking her ass. <laughs> right. Well, Dewey, it turns out you were not everybody's right all the time. Yeah. Let's talk about that. So when you're doing this diet, how do you get your family on board? Because what do kids love? Donuts, ice cream, cereal. They love whatever the commercial is between the cartoons. Oh, cereal. I mean, I had, you know, in my house, one of the first things I did was I told my wife, cereal's got to go. I mean, there's just no place in, in our, if we don't, we just got to not have it in the it's house. part of a balanced breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Remember on our Food Pyramid episode, we talked about, yeah, the part of a balanced breakfast. Yeah. Frosted flakes and orange juice. Frosted flakes orange It's really juice, tough toast. because my daughter's at that stage. And I'm a little more lenient right now um, because nutritional health is extremely important to everything. Um, it's it's just our overall well-being, but so is mental health. And she's struggling with COVID and not having school and not having a decent dance season and not seeing her friends. Yeah, the lockdown. So if lockdown, she wants uh, uh, for if, uh, if she fatigue. wants if she wants frosted flakes, just get the kid a box of frosted flakes. Um, it's but have a, the conversation. But have the conversation. Have well, a, also have a she, little bit. But here's 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 the result. And and she lives with me. She doesn't have a choice to know what the result is. Yeah. But sometimes she just needs something. Yeah. In her life that. Is it's a treat. A treat. Bring her joy. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. she doesn't have any. Everything was taken away from her. Here's where I struggle with that because I agree with you, and that's my instinct too. But I, I want to steer away from having food, especially the hyperpalatable, overprocessed stuff, be 
considered a treat. Associated with joy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, just have two cigarettes because it gives you joy. You know, if you think about it, and that's how in my mind I think about processed sugar, you know, not like sweet potatoes, things like that, but things, you know, like frosted flakes. But I would say that if you want to have the two lung darts, I'd say the same thing during this COVID bullshit. Right. (laughs) Well, and it's different because when you're talking to adults versus kids that you're, and your daughter's older. Right. You know, my kids are younger, so I'm a little bit right, right, more right, right, strong-handed right. right now. Sure, sure. So I told my wife, I said, milk, because it's got to go. Cereal, just don't you have it in the house. Right. Bread, try not to buy it. Mm-hmm. Buns for hamburgers, just don't have them in the house. Yep. Because last night when my son wanted, of course he prefers a burger with a bun and french fries. Mm-hmm. But guess what? I made a burger patty, put some sharp cheddar on it, he plopped it on his plate, squirted some ketchup down, and he ate the burger patty with, you know. And I'm, it's a move in the right direction. Right, absolutely. You know what I mean? So yep. Yep. if you but just don't have it in the house. And the other times, the problem is, that, and there is some evidence that suggests that the depravity, when they're our home, when they grow up, when they get on their own, they're going to go nuts. That possibly, yeah. You, just, you don't know? But I don't know. I, I really don't either. But I do know that most of the time, our daughter, Emmy, she, Emmy, she feeds herself. I mean, she'll be 18 in two months. And she <laughs> You're takes- You're not like here, come right, the airplane, right. open yeah. up the airplane. No, we don't go, oh, it's here's chicken nuggets and macaroni for supper. She just does her thing. Yeah. But when she does, she like jumps in her car and comes back with a burrito bowl. Right. Oh, with a full good. of meat and greens. And when she makes breakfast for herself, she makes avocado and fried eggs and puts it on a piece of whole wheat toast. Breakfast, yeah. That's one but of the biggest ones. But she makes good decisions on yeah. her own. That's so, huge. I mean, compared to the average oh, absolutely. standard American diet yep. kid. I mean, that's most kids are eating Frosted Flakes every morning Yep, as the part of the balanced breakfast. Yep. So that's huge. And, you know, we were talking about it because my kids are all in elementary school too. School lunch oh, sucks. Balls. Yeah. School lunches. Fucking horrible. It's all carbs. It's all processed crap. It's cold and shitty. And, yeah. Know. I mean, you know, so I say, look, we, we control what we can control. If we feed them eggs before they leave the house, boom, there's a third of their nutrition taken care of. Mm-hmm. And on the weekends, we're controlling all of it. You know, you control what you can control. So even if we're they're eating lunch at crappy lunch at school, we're still improving their nutrition by a ton. And, you know, you control what you can control. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, my, my advice, especially as a carb and sugar addict, is to just not have it in the house. Same advice I would give to an alcoholic. Don't have the vodka or the beer in your house. You and know? don't say, I just slam back a shot and go, your problem, not mine. <laughs> right. Yeah, you got to work together. And that is tough. Right. I mean, as a married person with kids, you got to. You know, what if you're like the weird keto guy and everybody else is eating standard American diet in your house? That is tough. It is. Because how do you eat together? How do you buy groceries together? What if you're an addict and that stuff's in the house all the time? How do you gently say, I'd prefer if it wasn't in the house because it's hard for me? You you do. And then they say, I don't care. It's your path, not mine. I don't have to suffer because you can't control your diet. Yeah, that's tough. And then... People probably fall off the rails and they fail. Exactly. They gain back the 20 pounds they lost. It's all about compromise. You got to figure out a way to work it out. But if people really cared, 
Now, I, I know that sound that's frontal and probably pretty harsh. Yep. But if they cared, if your family member or your friend or someone that you care deeply about is pleading with you that I need your help, to fucking do it. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Grow why, up. Why wouldn't you want to try to help them out? It gets tough though, because what if somebody's coming to you and be like, I really want to be vegan, you know, or something that you might think is the wrong way to go. Then how do you? I don't think being strictly vegan is wrong. Well, it might be for their lifestyle, and I'll help them. But along the way, they'll go. But if they say I don't want meat in the house, then don't have meat in the house. Here's the divorce papers, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and don't eat meat. But here is where I, because I do have people that come to me and say I want to go vegan. I sure, but it's not your wife. No, no, my daughter was vegetarian for almost two years. Well, she's not saying don't have meat in the house. No, never. Whereas I was using the example, like if I'm trying to cut carbs, saying trying not to have cereal bread in the house out of respect for me, and you're saying if you cared, you would. Oh, I thought. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so like okay, how do you okay, work okay. that out with somebody in your own house if you're on opposite sides like that? I'm just saying. We're just okay. Talking Here's shit where I'm going to get super dogmatic. <laughs> Name me one person that's addicted to meat. Right. Yeah. It doesn't exist. It doesn't happen yet. <laughs> no, you can't. I forgot this. <laughs> right. I was hoping for the bomb. <laughs> okay, you get the bomb. You're the bomb, baby. All right, so talk about some of the positive experiences that people like in, you know, not just yourself, but people in your keto group have had, obviously, weight loss. Weight loss, mental clarity, mental energy, clarity, um, energy, sleeping better. The arthritis, arthritis the diabetes. Yeah. Oh, I, want, I want to bring up this, uh, speaking of a good follow. Let's look at this. It's called Keto Transformations on Instagram. It's 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 actually for the for the social media challenged. Mm-hmm. It's a hashtag. Okay. So you'll follow that hashtag. Gotcha. Okay. So then anytime anybody ever uses that hashtag, it shows up on this page. And we're just scrolling through some of these, um, and some of these are the visuals remarkable. But- it's a lot but of before and after pictures of people. It's that yeah. That's all it is is before and after pictures of people who did keto. And some of the time frame, like that one right there, is twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, and twenty twenty. Oh, yep. she looks phenomenal. Yeah, crazy. she lost uh, one hundred and twenty five. I bet. I'm guessing over um, the course of two years. So this is not necessarily right. a super crazy rapid fix either. This is a commitment. Right. It's a lifestyle change. She even puts over there my top five keto tips. But I said this to you off the air. I don't before we started recording. I don't know what it's called. Off the air, whatever. Call it what I want. Shut up. <laughs> but scroll through that for look at this fucking dude. Ah, it's unbelievable. Look at him. Tell me how his life isn't he different. Went from chunky monkey to totally ripped. Right. Yeah. How, tell me how his life hasn't changed. He was 362 pounds. Now he's 196. Now he's 196 and ripped. Boom. That's crazy. Tell me now. Seriously. Scroll through that for 10 minutes because it's going to be endless. That's part of my point. It's yep. endless. And then look me right in the eye and tell me how that's a fucking fad. Mm-hmm. How, well, it's just, they all gain it right back and they all, shut up. Just stop with all that bullshit that you're trying to just feed yourself these bullshit excuses why you don't want to do it. Just don't do it and leave other people alone. You know who gains it right back? The biggest loser people. 
who crash caloric restriction yeah. and run a thousand miles on the treadmill. Or here's the day. other one. Here's the other one. I'm on my own path, and I'm losing at my pace, <laughs> and I've lost ne- at a negative pace. Hey, no, <laughs> I'll mind you. I've lost 0.8 pounds in seven years. <laughs> Everyone has a different journey. Yeah, but that was when you got your foot cut off. Ooh, <laughs> savage. <laughs> but no, seriously, you have to produce some results eventually. Right, and that's or why. stop saying what works for me because exactly. it's not. That's why it's so incredible when you watch some of these documentaries. And uh, one of the – I'll speak – oh, you're, you had a list here of some – some good uh, movies. Uh, documentaries, yeah. Yeah, one And they're all on – these are the ones I listed are Amazon all on and, Amazon, yeah. Yep. And one that I watched that I really loved was called Fat Fiction. That was oh, like yeah. Two ninety nine 99 rental. I mean, very good. It talks about how fat was demonized and, and how it shouldn't have been. goes through that whole history. So, yeah, okay, Fat, a documentary. That's the Vinny Torturo or whatever yep. his name is. Yeah, he's mildly annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Carb loaded, fed up, king Fed corn. up is phenomenal. That sugar film. That's really good, surprisingly. The magic pill. Okay. If you're if you magic had to pill. pick one to document it, like you weren't gonna call me and <laughs> say, <laughs> How should I get started? Right. That's the one. Okay. Watch the magic pill. And I'll put links to all these in the show notes, so feel free to binge on these. The perfect human diet and serial killers one and two. Serial spelled C E R E A L. That's a good one. I like that. I, I gotta watch that. I haven't seen that. Yeah. Never even heard of it. Yeah, so I'll put links to all those uh, in the show notes. Definitely binge those. So anything else to say on the keto diet? Yeah. One more, one last thing. Sure. Show me the hashtag with all of these people, with these, bef- these ridiculously successful before and afters. It gives me a lump in my throat because I'm. This is the hu- fucking human spirit right here. Yep. This is the human. This is what you can accomplish. Anyone can accomplish. Now, I challenge someone. Forward me the the hashtag to everything in moderation. Right. Where's that hashtag? Right. Doesn't exist. Exactly. Boom, baby. That's sorry. That gets me fired up. I hate when That's people. That's all right. Uh, I, you see people get results. People don't have to fast. People don't have to do keto. People don't have to do vegan. They don't. You, you don't have to do anything if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. But leave people alone that do. That's right. Just shut up. Quit What's telling you? people that breakfast is the most important meal of the day if they don't want to eat breakfast. What's your phrase? Watch your own bobber. Yeah, watch your own bobber. Yeah. People can't do it though. Yep. They can't hey, do I think it. you got a bite. Your bobber's a foot under the water. Jackass. <laughs> right on. And if you want to hear more about Dewey's Keto Kickstarts, just email info at fitandfurious.com, and maybe you can jump in on one of his groups. It just really, really helps people get started. It does. Because people are uh, – I said – I just love that story about her getting off her diabetes. Oh, it's so that's, awesome. I she's mean, such a great story. That's insane. And she's so happy about it, and she just followed and, and was And diligent. rheumatoid arthritis. I mean, that's all just in your yeah. group. That's just locally here. That was in one group. In one group. Not even in just the groups. That that's was one crazy. group. Yeah, we can um, reverse something that was supposedly chronic and progressive. And I wrote something down as we were preparing for this show. Um, I wrote down why I did the keto group. People are like, why are you doing a keto group? Keto isn't that important. It's not for everybody. You hear all the bullshit. Yep. I'm like, here's why. 
and I wrote it down. When you search keto, you will be flooded with misinformation and quacks looking to make a quick buck. Don't simply simply search keto on the internet, but seek out specific people right. that talk about how it's done and what to do and why you're doing it. Yep. If you just search keto, you're going to get all sorts of influencers and someone, I guarantee you, trying to sell you some pill or... Or some keto biscuit mix or something. Right. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's the one downside is now that keto is so mainstream, so widespread, people see it as a profit potential. Right. So they're just going after it, trying to make a quick buck. And a lot of people try to appeal to the fact that People don't want to make true dietary change, so they want to mimic a lot of the, you know, keto pizza crust, keto breads. You know, I saw an ad for keto bread the other in my Facebook feed because now that I'm, of course, looking for this stuff, it right. populates your feed like crazy. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, our advice is just steer clear of that stuff because it doesn't break the habit. Like you said last week when I was talking about the, the carnivore vanilla pudding, you yep. got to be careful with that kind of stuff because it mimics that hyperpalatable food that was in your standard American diet. It's tough to break out of the habits that got you there in the first place. You gotta, yeah, you gotta. Sometimes you just have to change course. Yeah, so and careful stop, of all that. Stop eating the foods, pretending to be the foods you shouldn't eat. Exactly. All right. Well, that's keto. So let's uh, move on, and we're gonna. I got an interesting story this week in How Fat Is Josh? All right, so. And you kind of fat. You kind of spoiled it. I just stomped on your touchdown call, <laughs> the fat part. Damn it. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so a couple points this week. As you can see, I gained two pounds this week. I fucked up, had a bad week. I ate some Girl Scout cookies. Uh, they were in the house. I, again, this is somewhat my weakness, but it were also right there on the counter, goddammit, in the house. Like. That's like the old <laughs> urban legend that the guy <laughs> cheated on his girlfriend because he fell and just fell in. <laughs> I, I just, I fell on the cookies. Exactly. And they landed in my mouth. They and jumped it was in my too mouth. late. They jumped in my mouth, yeah. <laughs> Again, I'm not making excuses. I'm just telling, I'm just here to tell you what happened. I'm just trying to be, just tell the, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. I gained two pounds this week, goddammit. So back up to 177. I'm still down 17.6. Um, let's do my waist measurement quick. And let the record show yes. that you gained two pounds yep. from eating cookies because they're carbs. <laughs> right. You didn't get you didn't get well, two pounds fatter in a week. The problem is that set me off on a off the rails. Then. Well, then you went. Well, too late now. Exactly. And I'm not gonna. Well, I'm not going to get cheated. It recharged that whole addiction right. thing again. Yeah. It's like nobody just does one shot of heroin. I mean, you're like, nope. give me 20. So I, I didn't used to completely, a, you know, I used to nuts. be a, I used to be a meth head. No, I just do it just socially. Recreationally. Yeah, I'm a social <laughs> meth head. Right. Just at parties. Yeah, exactly. So I didn't completely go nuts. And I, I got it reined in. It was just like two days of, of fucking up slightly. But- you know, I'm gonna gain two pounds. So yeah, let's let's measure the old waist I'm here. Juice the tape measure, make it look even stupider. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> All right, above the belly button. All right, make and sure up. it's even so I don't yep, have to hear yep. about that. Parallel to the ground. And I'm gonna tell you about my. I got body fat scans done too. I saw them over there. Yep. Thirty nine. You fucker! Just getting thirty six. Oh, so God you're damn flat. It. I got you're good. I almost panicked there. <laughs> What a dick. Okay, so 
No change on the waist, so. Well, let's bust out those scans. I feel like if I wouldn't have See how right up, I was. If I wouldn't have fucked up so hard on my diet, I, I think my waist would have been lower this week, too. See so, how right I was on the caliper being wrong. Okay, I got a couple things to show you here. Now, before we get into the body fat scans, I've been really going down the rabbit hole of body fat percentage this week. Now, to me, this... A lot, you know, besides the waist circumference, which is, you know, the single easiest thing to measure because you just need a tape measure, right? Yep. Beyond that, I think the body fat percentage, if you can get that measured accurately, that's going to be your truest measure of like, you know, how in shape you are and, you know, your health and all that. So for sure, because especially by the old BMI, visceral fat. yeah, by the, exactly by the old BMI, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger would be obese. So would I. Exactly. I'd be morbidly obese. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So, you know, you you need to know the body fat percentage. So we're going to do the... I'm giving these up. Damn right. It's a gun show, baby. (laughs) It's mad you got that sweater on. Might be a reveal later this this spring. (laughs) Yeah, once you hit 8%, then we're doing a photo shoot, right? Yep, 9%. And I'm taking the shirt off. And I'm not putting it back on until November. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so what I want to do is... It's be weird at work, but... <laughs> That's right. I want to show you... Okay, there's... Now, I found this guy called Athlean X. Oh, he's a good dude. Yeah. I like him. Kind of older guy. He's probably, you know, mid four. He's like our age, right? Absolutely and, shredded. Yeah, he's like super shredded. So well, you go on YouTube. Skip over it. Anyways, go ahead. So he's got this... And, I, you know, I, I stole this right off his page. Athlean X images of different body fat percentages. And this is helpful because it gives you a visual example of what everyone looks like at certain body fat percentages. It goes all the way from a 35 to 40 kind of tubby looking guy all the way down to a bodybuilder, one to 4% completely shredded. Yep. So I want, I want to show you based. And when I went and got my body scans, one to four percent, I bet that guy doesn't have his period. That's (laughs) ridiculous. His vag is almost showing, but um, okay. So I, I went to Amorid State and got went and saw Doctor Gamar. I did, yeah, and he was good very dude. cool, super knowledgeable, yeah, very good dude, nice yeah. guy. And uh, anybody that wants to go get tested, they do the bod pod, they do the in body scan, and they do the hydrostatic weighing. Okay, you so did the dunk tank. I did all three. Okay, so we're going to talk about the results, but. But when I was standing there in my single layer compression shorts, which by the way, if you ever want to look the least impressive package wise ever get some of those and it's cold in there. and it's yeah exactly it's <laughs> not not impressive situation <laughs> um, like a frightened turtle okay so i had him look at me now again go on youtube guys because you know you're missing out on all these sweet visuals here okay so i i was standing there with my shirt off just like this and there's a picture of me uh this is yesterday morning and now i want you dewey i'm not gonna i'm gonna I, I want you to look at that and then compare it to the comparison. And then see how close I am. See how close you are. Okay. I'm going to look at you and then look at – I didn't need to look at the Athlean X photo. Okay. You can just do it based I on just I just looked me. at you. You didn't need reference. Okay. And when it was coming back with those bullshit numbers the caliper said, yep. I, you, I said, there's no way that you're that high. And you said, really? What do you think I am? Right. Remember you what said, I said? I said 17. Okay. Now, I asked Dr. – what was his name? Gamar. Gamar. I said, what do you think I am? Before we could do any measuring, you didn't know how tall I was, you know, nothing. Yep. He just looked at me and he said, 20. Okay. Okay. 
So now let's look at the results here. Now, interesting fact, the bod pod was an outlier. Really? That one was the least accurate. It's the coolest. That one had me that that one had me at 30. Oh wow. And he goes, there's no way. He said, yeah, he said that was 31.1. And he goes, no way. He said, that's he said, some people, uh, it just doesn't work. You're too short. No. (laughs) No, because he's a little shrimp. He is. He's like five foot tall. But he so he threw that one out. He said, there's no way you're 30. Right. Because we did the in-body scan and the hydrostatic weighing. So the in-body scan had me at see 21 21.3 okay and he thought and that was his guess was 20 oh, i said 17 you so said yeah. 17 you're you're a little bit off yeah and then when they did the dunk tank the dunk tank same thing 21.4 so yeah. those two were almost identical so basically 21 and a half is where i'm at now if you look at this visual references here i think i'm pretty close to i think you know i'm at the high end of that which is right around 20, and then the 20 to 24 is a little tubbier than me. So I think, you know, 20 is right in there. Sure. And obviously, one good thing, though, he said, when he measured, he said I had above average amount of muscle in my frame for my height. And I said, fuck yeah, bro. And I said, can you say that again for the people in the back? Was he trying to get a date? Well, and there was was an assistant there, and I was like, make sure she heard that. Ah. (laughs) So I did have above average muscle for my height, weight, age, whatever, um, compared to the average person that comes in there. So that was good. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, whatever you're doing. And I told him I was almost 20 pounds heavier like a month ago. And he's like, just keep doing it. He asked me what I was doing. And it's interesting. He goes, what kind of training are you doing? I said, dumbbells, push-ups. He's like, good. So not too much cardio. Yep. That was, yeah, it's strength. There, you know, He's saying muscle, resistance train, build muscle, muscle. Muscle is a fountain of youth. And I was asking, it's the secret to longevity. Yeah. And I was asking the uh, attendant there, I said, what, you know, what have you seen? And she was talking about a long distance runner had two point something percent body fat. And he just ran like a zillion miles a week. And, but he was, you know, he can outrun a bad diet. (laughs) He can do it, but I don't think he's very healthy though. No, he had no muscle, no. no muscle. He just had no muscle or fat. He was just basically skeletal skin and bones. Um, so and the minute that he stops running that much, he's going to start gaining, gaining fat. Well, yeah, his basal metabolic rate is probably like 900 calories. So I'm going to – oh, that's another uh, – here, I want to have you look at my in-body because it talks about the uh, – Oh, it's right here. The basal 1748. Metabolic right. So explain what that is for the people while I enter my new official body fat percentage of 20.4. So the caliper wasn't terribly off. No. I mean, I mean it was you little... didn't lose 6% in a week. No, but... no. I think it was just, yeah, that's just primitive measuring. So first couple of things that jump out at me, um, like any male, all of your fats in your trunk. Exactly. Oh, yeah. It tells you where, they, where yeah. it's located, yeah, and the vast yeah. majority was in my trunk. It's yep. all midsection completely. So here's the th- here's what's funny is you're at 20%, 21.3. Yep. The recommendation for you is what? To lose 13.2. No. 
pounds of fat gain. No, that says oh, body yeah, fat. I, sorry, I'm looking lose, at lose 13 I'm, pounds yep. of fat. Sorry, I'm looking at that. Yep, you're yep. right, you're right, you're right. I yep. read that backwards. Because he liked my lean body mass amount. He thought that was good. Okay. And he's basically saying if I lose another 13 pounds of fat but maintain the muscle I have, then I, I should be right in the recommended. Because interestingly, okay. my my uh, 21.3 is right up above normal. So it has me in the – technically has me in the heavy category still. Right. And, and, and people on YouTube saw your picture. Right. Would they think that if you saw right. that coming down the beach, would you go, that guy's fat or that guy's at risk? Right. I mean, it, you need to be pretty low in body fat percentage compared to where you probably think you're at. Exactly. You know, to, to what's okay. That one on me, guess what it is? The lean body mass? Yeah. Uh-huh. 200. Wow. You're generous. <laughs> 191. Okay. Yeah. It tells you the amount of lean lean body mass and the amount of fat on you. It's pretty interesting printout here. It was only twenty bucks to get all this done. All of it done. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it's everybody a should do this if you're curious. And that's right. That's where I used to go. Um, but I thought they I thought he stopped during Rona. But no, they were doing it. Um Yeah, you're the second person this week now that has told me they got it done. Oh awesome. Yeah, so I'll put his contact information in. You can shoot him an email. When did you email him and when did you get in? Uh, like a week ago, and then we made an appointment for yesterday. Okay. Yeah. Was it pretty – It was pretty really open. easy. I don't think a lot of people are taking advantage of it. Was it pretty open as oh, far yeah. as – Yeah. When yeah. he said make an appointment? Did you yeah, he said here's the times I have available. When would you like? And I oh, said, okay. I picked a time. But he was a week out? Or no, you must have made it after we It was a here. few days. Yeah, it was a couple of days you didn't, out. And it gave you his email, email address Wednesday yeah, night. Yeah, it took me about like three or four days. Okay, that's that's fair. Not bad at all. But uh, one thing that's interesting, we're talking about the uh, where was the calories, the basal, basal metabolic. Okay, so again, so let's talk about what that is. The BMR, basal metabolic rate, seventeen hundred and forty-eight calories a day. So that's basically stating if I would just laid in bed at a in a coma, that's the amount of calories my yep. body would burn. Yep. And then if I want to lose weight, now. Depending on your activity level, your number is going to be higher than that. Obviously, if you're fairly active, it might be like 2,500 or something. Or, and you need to eat under that in a deficit, in order even in a ketogenic diet. And the reason we prefer keto is because it makes it less likely, it more comfortable, less likely that you're going to overeat. Yep, because you're going to be satiated, so you can stay under that limit and be in a caloric deficit and still. Uh, All right. maintain your lean muscle mass. Because the thing is, you don't want to be too far under because then you're going to start losing muscle mass, right? Mm-hmm. So the trick is to be like, what were you talking about? The 500 calories under a day equals a pound a week Yeah, yeah. Loss. So there's 3,500 calories in a pound of fat. So if you're 500 calorie, you're in a 500 calorie deficit a day times seven is 35. So you're going to lose a pound a week. And that's a safe, and all my research in the, doing this body fat percentage rabbit hole that I went in, they were all using that figure from 0.5 to 1.5% of body weight a week. So that's, you know, for average person, it's going to be, you know, half a pound to two pounds a week. Yeah. Depending two on pounds, of Two pounds is super aggressive. Pretty aggressive, yeah. Because do that math again. That's a 7,000 calorie deficit <laughs> yeah, right. for the week. It's a lot harder to do. It is. So that's kind of uh, this week in. How fat is Josh? All righty. I shat on it that time. So, yeah, I'm 
in a deficit now, I'm eating 18 to 1,800 to 2,000 calories. And you, your BMR, basal metabolic rate, was what? 2,200. 22. And that's... My... my, And you you actually expended your expenditure. My TDEE average... Is like 3,000? No, it's like 3,800 to 4,500. Oh, shit. So So you're in a huge deficit. Yeah. So I'm easily two pounds a week. Because you're trying to really do a cut right now, right? Yeah, yep. Okay. And most people hear 2,000 calories are just like, I could, I'd gain so much weight on 2,000 calories. Like, fuck you. But <laughs> so because grumpy. of your size and, and your lean mass. muscle mass. And running and lifting. and Yeah, and your workout activity level. Yeah, my here. activity level on a daily basis accounts for almost 2,000 calories. Right. Just walking and living and running and lifting and... Going for walks and taking the dogs out of the walk, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm on a daily basis, according to Garmin, which is probably best in the business, um, I'm anywhere from 38 to 4,500. Wow. And I've been as high as 7,500. Oh, shit. And I go for those long rucks for like four hours on a Saturday. And that's a ruck is when you're car- walking. It's a you're- weighted, super fast march. Right. That's yeah. crazy. So the moral of the story is you need to know your numbers. You can't, because people call me all the time. They're like, where do I need to be? And I'm like, I don't know. I can throw darts all day long. Yeah. I talked to a guy yesterday. He said, I was working with this one guy who said, well, here's your macros. And he goes, okay. And he ran along and it didn't work. Right. I'm like, well, what were your macros? He goes, I don't know. I wrote them down somewhere, but she told me, I said, what did she base them on? I don't know. My height, my weight. It's It's just such bullshit. You said one thing the other day about how every person that you coach is like, as unique as your fingerprints, right? Right. Their own fingerprint. Yep. Because, yeah, I mean, what I require and the deficit I have to be in to lose a pound or two a week compared to what you do is completely different. Right. And that completely dictates what you're putting in your mouth. So you have to know these numbers to know what kind of, how to hit that perfect amount of caloric deficit so that you can hit your goals. And otherwise you're just going to be spinning your wheels going for a year and going, I haven't dropped anything or I've even gained possibly. Right. Because what if you're, you can still gain weight on keto, oh, right? Yeah, there's fat people on keto. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, eat a bunch <laughs> of, you know, heavy cream and yeah. things that are full of fat and you exceed that caloric amount that you're burning every day, you're yeah. going to gain weight. It's still math. It's still. So that's why even though we shit on the calories in, calories out people sometime, um, you know, it still counts, but you just have to know. And the only reason we shit on the calories in, calories out people is because it's never, ever, ever about just fat loss. It's never just that. It's never. It's about health, longevity, well-being, quality of life. Exactly. Yeah, you can lose 100 pounds eating nothing but McDonald's and Twinkies. Yeah, if you just You stay in a deficit. Yep. And be fucking white-knuckling it. You'll be sick AF. (laughs) You'll be a metabolic dumpster fire oh god but hey you'll and be miserable. you'll be you'll be lean and miserable too. yeah right just constantly it's suffering. never about fat take care of yourself um do sports yep do training train for a marathon train for a 5k train for crossfit train for a triathlon sprint in detroit lakes next summer you train something. for train for something work hard for something and feel for it properly feel for a sport or an activity and the mirror and the scale bullshit just takes care of itself. It does. And we, we always talk about nutrition being the major portion, but it's not the whole picture. You can't just eat keto and lay on the couch. You have to build that lean muscle mass, which will assist in the ability to burn calories at a quicker rate too. 
It all plays together. Heart's a muscle. That's right. <laughs> Got to work it out. Exactly. All right, guys. Well, we went crazy long this week. Uh, make sure you send us, e- send us emails to info at fitandfurious.com. Topic ideas, got any questions for us? What do you want to hear about? Let us know. Watch on YouTube, dude. Watch the shenanigans. You got to see all these uh, pictures, the body fat stuff we were talking about, and other valuable visuals and weekly extra content that we don't put on the audio podcasts. Speaking of those, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are found. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share. Support the show at furiousmerch.com. We got t-shirts and all kinds of cool stuff to reiterate that subscribing is a big deal subscribing is a big deal sharing reviewing i noticed we got like seven reviews on i on apple Podcasts now really yeah it's pretty awesome i'll have to check those out and Are they all good i was looking at our stats and yeah they're all five star out of 15 but <laughs> thanks to our family and friends yep no. people who gave us five stars and wrote Awesome show and haven't listened to one of them. Thanks, Grandma, for signing in with five different <laughs> Apple accounts. Right, right. <laughs> with your Hotmail. Right. And your, your, what was it, Netscape? <laughs> My Earthlink, earthlink.net <laughs> email address. <laughs> All right, guys, we will see you. Appreciate it. Next week. Next week.